One of the most important parts of naming your new business is finding a website name that works. Today's episode is brought to you by .ca. Join thousands of Canadian entrepreneurs who have chosen .ca as the trusted online home for their business. Visit sierra.ca forward slash startup today. Entrepreneurship doesn't have to be tough when it's cooked right. Co-founder of Relish Gourmet Burgers serves up well-done recipes for startup success. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Startup Canada Podcast, serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett. The Startup Canada Podcast is a production of Startup Canada, a grassroots entrepreneur-led movement to bring together, celebrate, and give a voice to Canada's entrepreneurship community. We speak with the movers and shakers of the Canadian entrepreneurship and explore themes in startups, growth, investment, innovation, and impact. The podcast is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks, your partner in starting and growing a financially fit and fundable business. Check out, check out startupcan.ca finance backslash finance to sign up for a startup finance bootcamp near you and to get 50% off QuickBooks online for your business. This month, we are featuring some of Canada's leading startup entrepreneurs. As part of our Startup Entrepreneur Series, we are thrilled to have as our guest today, Ryan Holmes, who is the founder and CEO at Hootsuite. Of course, we all know what Hootsuite is and its talent. It's the top tool for social media management in the universe. He's also the founder of The Next Big Thing, which is a nonprofit foundation that empowers next-gen entrepreneurs with peer and mentor networks, hands-on learning, workspace, and technology, and sits on a number of community and business boards throughout Vancouver, Canada, and North America. He's a proud Vancouverite and Canuck, and has been on the forefront of Canada's startup movement. Does that include, uh, Ryan, a Vancouver Canuck? (laughs) <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, right on. Well, throughout today's interview, we will discuss the beginnings and growth of Hootsuite, trends in the future of social media, how to scale a startup, and to learn how Ryan is giving back. As Ryan is passionate about mentorship and creating a culture and environment where the ideas can thrive, we can learn from the man himself how we can take the learnings and experience of Hootsuite and apply them to our own startups. So I'm going to jump right in. Ryan, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks a lot, Rivers. Great to be here. And uh, uh, really good to hear about uh, all the work that you guys are doing. Thanks. Yeah, that's uh, Startup Canada is really uh, a rock star in its own uh, space for sure. Well, listen, you, recently you wrote an article for Impulse Shoppers, the brave new world of social media, where you made the case for social shopping, but lament despite all of the data they have on users, they have not been able to crack what you call intelligent shopping. Clearly, the intelligence of these kind of platforms as commercial, sorry, e-commerce hubs is improving over time. Fast forward to the future. Where do you think it's going? Uh, well, you know, I, I think that uh, the the industry is nascent right now. We're kind of in the the penny farthing era, and uh, you know, there's there's so much green pasture, and 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 uh, things are getting reinvented all the time. You know, we see uh, the innovation that's happening out, out of Amazon, uh, Alibaba, and others, and and then we see the innovation that's happening out of social. I think there's obviously a, a point of convergence uh, in our future, and uh, you know, this is this is a really exciting time to be here to, to see all of this, uh, you know, transformation unfold. 
Very cool. Well, look, I'm, uh, you don't know me that well, but I know a little bit about your background. Uh, I'm in the food business, the gourmet burger business. So uh, I hear that you started a pizza shop called Growlies in 1997 and then sold it to move to Vancouver to start a new venture. You know, food business to startup technology startup, is, is that where I'm heading next? <laughs> hey, I'd, I'd never say never. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a, a, an amazing experience. I, I started that restaurant. Uh, um, you know, with with the goal of franchising it and and uh, and and you know building out a product brand uh, around uh, around pizza and and you know it it is an amazing industry. It is such a difficult industry to be in. Mm. So competitive. I mean, you look at uh, the number of bankrupt businesses, and and it's a it's a very difficult category to be in. Um, I have so much respect for for restaurateurs that are able to to be successful in that in that category. And, you know, I talk about it a lot. It's a, that opening that restaurant and, and running that for a number of years was my MBA. I, uh, I got cool. to, to wear so many hats doing that. You're the, the chief marketer, the sales guy, uh, HR and, and everything. And I think that that's an important transferable skill that people learn out of, uh, operating small businesses. And what, so give me two, two lessons. You, you were the MB, it was the MBA, you say. So give us two lessons that you've got from the pizza shop that you were able to then transfer over to, uh, to the launch of uh, Hootsuite. Oh man. Well, I mean, there, there's so many, uh, but, but, you know, I think, I think one of the things that I know I've gotten, uh, out of, out of managing the small businesses, one, you, you, get to be a jack of all trades. You get to be, mm. uh, you need to be a little bit good at everything. And so you need to know enough about, you know, reading a balance sheet, an income statement, um, to, 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 you know, be able to have an intelligent conversation with your accountant and, and others. Um, but, but you also don't need to be the best at everything. You need to, you know, pull in the right people to help you that have deep knowledge. You know, you pull in a lawyer, you pull in an accountant, and these are your team that you put together. Um, but you, you do need to be really good at something, uh, right. you know, and, and in my case, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at product. I think I'm pretty good at marketing. Those are areas mm -hmm. that, that I spend, a, you know, quite a bit of time with in my company. Um, and, and then I'm, I'm, you know, I know enough to be dangerous with regards to, you know, finance and, and other mm -hmm. areas. Uh, but, but, you know, as we've grown, I've, I've, uh, been able to pull in very talented team of specialists. You know, my CFO, he spends every day, uh, you know, looking at Excel spreadsheets, uh, mm. that I wouldn't be a happy camper <laughs> I, yeah. I spend my, my day doing that, but he loves it. And, and that's, yeah. you know, it speaks to the variety of interests in, in people. Um, and, and, and so, you know, you, you just want to bring, bring people in that are, are really talented in, in areas maybe that you're not talented or, or interested in, uh, because at the end of the day, I, I find that people, you know, perform the best when they're doing things that they're, you know, talented at, good at, uh, and passionate about. And, um, and, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, a natural human kind of inclination. Yeah, very cool. I, I, when I speak to uh, high school students to give them this team approach, the importance of uh, sticking to what you love at, I always say, who was the goalie that uh, won the gold medal for Canada at the Winter Olympics in Sochi? And, you know, they come back with Carey Price and they say, how many goals did he score? <laughs> and <laughs> of course, the answer is none, but he still was so integral to the ultimate success of the team. So, yeah. so that's really, really, really great. So, so from, from, from pizza to Hootsuite, what, what got that, you started that in the first place and you know what did you intend to achieve when you started out 
Yeah, well, you know, uh, I've always had a passion around computers and technology, you know, from an early age. Um, I, you know, even when I was doing the pizza restaurant, uh, I was spending time, I, w- I was actually building out my own marketing collaterals, you know, desktop publishing and building brochures and flyers. And uh, as, uh, you know, the internet era started to, to rear its head, uh, started, you know, building some websites and, and self-taught on that. Um, and, and I could just see, you know, that this, this, wasn't going away you know if you think about uh our point in time from now uh into the you know utopian future of star trek you were heading towards that and and there's more and more technology mm. advancements all the time um i i did uh you know did sell the the pizza business and and um at at some point uh you know shortly thereafter i bought a big computer best i could get at the time <laughs> I, I uh holed up in in an apartment in vancouver i self-taught on on building web Websites, you know, CSS, HTML, Flash. Uh, spent a lot of time just getting competent at that, and uh, and I cobbled together enough of a portfolio to get a job at a dot com. Yeah. And uh, I worked at the dot com for about six months in uh, 2000, and um, and then it kind of dot bombed. It it uh, flamed out um, as a lot of companies did at the time. Uh, and, and I was now kind of later in 2000, thinking about you know what I was going to do next. And and for me, it was a no brainer. You know, I, I knew that uh, although it was a bad point for technology in many ways, uh, that the fundamentals were there. I think that you know technology was there to stay. The internet was still an exciting place, and so I. I started an agency and I, I started building uh, websites, doing services work for for customers. And, and then on the other side, I was uh, building product. And so I was building, you know, in my burning the midnight oil, building up different mm. different products that I thought were interesting, different applications that I thought were interesting and did that for a number of years. And so, you know, this was the kind of lead into Hootsuite. We probably as a company, we grew to about 30 people. Um, through my agency, which is called Invoke, and um, and then built out probably a string of you know about ten products leading up to Hootsuite. And so, if you think about the you know Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hours to become an expert in something, uh, mm-hmm. I think that was kind of you know our our uh, boot camp. Our team was spending a lot of time just building out, iterating, innovating, building products, failing, uh, trying a new one, moderately succeeding, killing that, trying another one. And so we just kept iterating, and and you know eventually found something where we had product market fit. We had a huge wave and an opportunity in front of us, and we had the competency to be able to execute on that. And uh, um, that was, uh, you know, the inception of Hootsuite, uh, nearly, uh, approaching eight years ago now. And, wow. uh, and, uh, we just, you know, continue to evolve and build that product and, and, uh, you know, saw really good traction with it. I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but to me, a name is very important for a company. Um, how give it, walk us through the, 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 the process is, you know, the nickel tour of, uh, how you came up with the name Hootsuite. <laughs> Well, that's kind of a you know a funny one. We actually started uh, with a different um, name. We we initially launched the the company under the name Bright Kit. And Bright Kit. Yeah, okay. exactly. And uh, and and it had good success. It it was a you know a fine name, and we wanted to convey you know <laughs> smart people were using it, and uh, it was a kit of tools. Um, we we were approached uh, a few months later. Um, we had uh, you know a, a couple hundred thousand users. This other company that approached. Us. Their name was Bright Kite, and uh, mm-hmm. they they were you know out in the market a little bit before us, and they were you know kind of email was you know just a, uh, extending an olive bow, and they said, hey guys, you know you're Bright Kit, we're Bright Kite. 
might be kind of confusing to the market. Uh, you know, what do you say? Uh, you know, they were, they didn't say they were going to sue us or anything yeah. like that. They were just like, hey, this is going to be confusing, guys. And yeah. and um, you know, we 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 got it. Uh, you know, we didn't yeah. want the confusion. And so we what we did was we actually asked our couple hundred thousand users. We said, hey, guys, we're thinking about finding a new name. Nice. Uh, you know, we're looking for suggestions. Uh, we've got a five hundred dollar bounty. You know, we need an available dot com. We need an available <laughs> Twitter account. Um, and and, and we'll, we'll, you know, give them 500 bucks to the person who gives us the best suggestion. And we had thousands of suggestions. We Incredible. Had, yeah, so many great, great suggestions. Um, and we, we, you know, churned through all of them, just kind of, you know, scouring through them. And uh, the one that popped out was Hootsuite. We already had an owl mascot, you know, mm-hmm. owls, owls, of course, Hoot. And uh, Sweet, it kind of conveyed the concept of a suite of products. And that was what we were looking for. And so uh, we we chose that one. We, uh, you know, the, the, the person that came up with the name, Great guy. We say, hey, we want to send you a five hundred dollar check. He said, just uh, donate it to to this uh, cause, and nice, he, uh, nice. he 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 you know, donated to the cause on his behalf, and the rest yeah. is history. Well, one underlying theme there is uh, ask your customers. Uh, I don't you you uh, may not realize, but uh, I'm the founder of a uh, of a gourmet burger restaurant chain that actually just opened our first location on Commercial Drive in Vancouver called oh. Relish Gourmet Burgers. Amazing! I'll have to stop by and grab one. <laughs> Well, I hope you do, but uh, it's, you know, when we do burgers, we, we, we do names with burgers and so on. We always go to our followers and they love participating in that stuff. So I think it's a great lesson that's being conveyed here is ask people that are already passionate about who you are to, uh, as to how they can uh, help you do what you want to do. So really, really cool stuff. So um, in the startup stage of the company, you know, what do you believe were some of the key variables to your resilient and success? Because because one of the things I'm hearing you is, you know, you're all in the, the cave, if you want to call it that, just doing this and doing that. I mean, it's and you're not making a lot of money at that point in time, and you got to keep people motivated, products innovative, and all that kind of stuff. So, how do you how do you keep through go through that time period? Oh man, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors to it, but you know, I, I think putting together a passionate crew of people that are building, you know, and working on something bigger than themselves is important. And you, and you as a as a founder and CEO, you need to be able to sell that vision, that that uh, opportunity, and and um, uh, you know, the, the promise of of getting to something that is uh, that is a you know a big opportunity. We you know we we tried and build a number of different products leading up to you know Hootsuite, um, and, and the team loved it. I mean, they loved that they were engaged in mm. building this product. That they, you know, had had a, a say in it, um, and and uh, and then you know, just just getting that validation when you put a product out in the market and seeing customers use the product that is like you know for for product person that's the the best feeling ever uh, mm. and and to see that that you know ultimately that market validation uh, starts you know going viral and and it, it solves a big need for a lot of people that's huge. Um, and and so you know I I think we've one of the one of the big lessons for me we we tried a number of different products as I mentioned leading up to Hootsuite um, mm-hmm. the the you know the product was great uh, the the timing was great and the market opportunity was great and I kind of liken this to you know. 
if you can if you can go surfing you want to go surfing where the waves are um it's great that you've got a, a surfboard and that you can paddle the surfboard but if there isn't a wave the opportunity is not very fantastic <laughs> right yeah exactly and so i you know i try to i try to tell people like hey i think you i think you're building a great surfboard and and it looks like you you're you know going to be able to paddle it really well but is there a wave with where you're at and if there's not a wave then then why don't you look at waves and 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 build and, and, and paddle in that area because the odds are you're going to get swept up by it. And so, you know, I, I think I, I always, you know, challenge op- entrepreneurs to, to look at, you know, bigger trends, look at what's coming up mm-hmm. in the, in the horizon and try mm-hmm. to get in front of that versus, you know, something that maybe they're passionate about that just isn't a huge opportunity because I mean, it's great that you're passionate about it, but if you want to you know be in front of something that's huge and disruptive, go where the waves are. I love it. I love it. Is that the, is that a book coming out? You think? <laughs> <laughs> Look, my friend, with the you've uh, you know talk about the wave you've attracted attracted more than eleven million customers around the world. Just seriously, congratulations on that. What do you believe clicked with the platform when when, you, when the wave came and it clicked and you just you just did a hang ten or whatever they call it uh, that put you to eleven million customers around the world. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, the thing that we focused on for years is is our product. I mean, we and we continue to focus on, uh, but we focused on product um, before anything else. You know, we we didn't market, we didn't advertise. You know, our product was our marketing, our product was our advertisement, and people talked about it. If you build a great product, people will talk about it and share it. Uh, mm. and, and it's as simple as that. And I get a lot of entrepreneurs that talk to me that say, like, "Hey, I'm I'm about to launch my product. Can you tell me how to advertise?" advertise it. Like I want to get it. I want to do a bunch of advertising. I'm like, you're way before, you know, cart before the horse here. Like, have you launched your product? No, we haven't launched yet, but we want to do a you know, big splash. We want to advertise the hell of it. I'm like, you know, you, you put those dollars into, into, you know, headcount, like get another engineer versus advertise it um, mm. and use that engineer to, to be building out your product. And, and it's as simple as that. You know, you just keep investing in the product. And if the product is great, so many things take care of themselves. Your, your cost of support support is lower. Your cost of advertising is lower. You know, everything else kind of takes care of itself. And so, you know, the, the, these, these folks that, you know, try to advertise to like bring in customers, they're, they're doing it wrong. They should be just focusing on product, focus on product and, and the rest will handle itself. Does that shock you, Ryan, when it's so simple to be that focused on great product and the rest will come that people still go towards the you know the marketing side of it the 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 advertising side of it does that does that shock you that you continue to hear that well you know it doesn't because but but here's the the psychology of it you know versus the science of it i think is what Mm -hmm. is it is at play here um if you think about the psychology of it if you're an aspiring entrepreneur you know what do you see in the marketplace so often what you see is is big brands that are very successful and what they do is they advertise and so you say, well, mm. to be successful, I need to advertise. Advertisement comes at a later stage when you have product market fit and success. Then you start to layer that in. And so what they're missing is the gap that's in between. They're missing the part where they build out the product to get the market fit, to build revenues, to then maybe invest some of those revenues back into advertising. But you don't start with that. But, but the fallacy is that it looks like 
advertising creates a success and that it doesn't right. do that. The advertising is something you layer on at a later point to help accelerate an already successful product market fit. Yeah, the product should always be the hero of the story. Then is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, to to that point, they, they, I think the, the hero is the customer and, uh, and and who you're building for. And if you don't have product cool. market fit, if you're not building something that a customer wants, you're you're you might as well just walk away, like go home. Because if you're building something that nobody wants, it doesn't matter. It, it it's irrelevant. You get economic votes. People pay for your product if you're doing something that makes their life simpler and easier and takes you know takes away pain for them. And you get no votes, you get no money, no economic, you know, ba- mm. backing if, if you don't solve a pain for somebody. So, so, you know, go home if you're not solving a problem for somebody in the market. Yeah. I, I, I love it when I learn something new with every conversation I have with my guests and bang on that when you just called it. Cause I, cause it, indeed it is the, the hero is the customer. Ryan, you've, uh, you've been known and Hootsuite has been known for being proudly Canadian. And it's, it's fantastic that you're uh, in this great country and you have a culture connected to our heritage as a nation and the spirit of giving back, you know, has Canada hindered you or has it helped you in your growth? You know, there's there's no right answer here because I I you know can only look in the rearview mirror and see where we're at today. I think uh, you know we've been really blessed to be in Canada. There's there's merits and and uh, drawbacks to to it, and absolutely, I'm I'm not saying it's the only way to build a business. Uh, I think there's been great businesses that have been built south of the border. I think that there are great businesses that are happening and starting up everywhere around the world right now. And I don't mm-hmm. think that any one area, you know, any one city, you know, San Francisco for example, has the monopoly on building great technology businesses. And this is something I've been you know, talking about for years. I think there's opportunity for people in you know, Austin, Boulder, New York, Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, anywhere there's talent, there's an opportunity to build a great technology, bu- technology business. And, right. um, and, and, and you know, the, the, the fundamentals are now better than ever. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a huge supporter in saying that, you know, we can be building, you know, tens and hundreds of Hootsuites within Canada. And I think we need to be doing that. We need to be providing uh, both, you know, access to capital for, for entrepreneurs with great ideas and, and we need to be providing uh, talent. And, and we need to, you know, from that perspective, uh, we need our schools uh, to be, to be graduating uh, great entrepreneurs, great uh, engineers to, to be able to go work in tech companies. And we, from a government perspective, we need to be uh, reducing friction for immigration of, of uh, great engineers to, to help build technology companies. If all of this comes together, I think we can continue to build, uh, you know, amazing, you know, billion dollar companies within, within Canada. Yeah. And you add, of course, the support that they get with the, the with Startup Canada, it's, it's really special. So tell me when you go uh, look at opportunities to, for the growth of your company, do you, do you have the Canadian flag on your backpack? Uh, you know, I, 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 do you mean from a, a M and A perspective or from yeah. a look? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm uh, building a meritocracy here. We we are uh, at the end of the day, business is about business, and you you mm. have to do what's right for the business. Fair. What you feel like it's going to scale the business as quickly as possible. Um, I I'm I'm agnostic. We acquired a company in Bucharest. Um, they were a great organization, great team, super talented, um, and had a great product, and that made a lot of sense to 
us. Um, it, it, we're, we're dealing with a, a global and international business. The internet uh, does, doesn't see borders. And so mm. we just need to, you know, think about how we, um, how we scale out as rapidly as possible. And again, solve the problems of our customers. Our customers are, are border agnostic. They, they want to see the best mm. solution to solve the pain that they have in front of them. And uh, so, you know, that's how I think we should all be thinking. Yeah, very cool. So, what's your what's uh, I got one more question in this area, then I want to get on to mentorship in a sec. What's the uh, what's been your single biggest lesson on scaling so quickly while holding everything steady on the ship? Oh, yeah. You know, re- regarding scaling, it's it's uh, you know a very simple altruism that you hear from everybody is just find great talent. Um, you know, I I do get entrepreneurs that come up to me and and you know I think about your initial team as the foundation for your business. If you don't have an amazing core team, uh, you're going to run into problems. So, you know, entrepreneurs that come up to me, they're like, Hey, I'm getting my company started. I've got, you know, a, a, you know, we're three co-founders or I've got, you know, a, a new technology hire. Um, and, and, uh, you know, we, we really need to get our product out the door. Uh, but, but this guy's kind of like, he shows up late. He's kind yeah. of, it's kind of like surly and, 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 you know, it's a bit tough to work with, but you know, what do you think I should do? And, and my advice is always the hard advice that, that, people need to hear, I think it's like, you got to get rid of them. And they're right. kind of like, you know, they, they like frown and they're like, well, that's going to be really hard because we need to get our product out the door. And the, <laughs> and the problem that you have is if you, if you kind of just like, let that be acceptable in your company. If you say, well, we, we are going to, you know, let, let people in our company that are dicks and, and yeah. that are just like, you know, terrible to deal with and whatever else. What happens when the fourth person person comes in to work with or under that person? Mm. Uh, the fifth person. They learn culturally that being a dick is acceptable in your company. And the sixth person, the seventh person, that foundational person, just that that culture cascades. And eventually, you have to pay the piper. You're, you're going to have to deal with that at a later point, which is going to be even more painful, or you deal with it today. And if you deal with it today, yeah, it may be more painful. It may be painful, you know, parallel right now but if you can get somebody in that's a cultural fit that can perform and get what you need out the door uh it's going to be so much more important for you down the road it's foundational and so you have to make those tough sacrifices at an early stage to get the right core team together to help scale down the road and you you won't be able to scale down the road if your culture is uh is is poisonous and so i tell people to really focus on that well, that's why they start with the foundation of the house, right? That's mo- it's the most important piece of the house. So, Absolutely. So bang on. Absolutely. So look, uh, you've, uh, you're an advocate for mentorship and you co-founded the next big thing. I love it. Uh, a nonprofit foundation that empowers next gen entrepreneurs. And so give us a, give us a story of a mentor that's connected with you and how he or she may have impacted your management style. Well, you know, uh, it was funny. I so saw I was in B school a number of years ago. Uh, and, and I've kind of talked a bunch about dropping out of business school. It's a, it's a, you know, surprisingly common occurrence amongst entrepreneurs. And I mean, there's no right answer. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, saying to everybody that they should drop out if they want to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> but it, it is a, it is a fairly common theme. Um, right. one of the things in, in B school while I was there that was suggested is to go find an entrepreneur and sorry, to go find a mentor. And, um, 
it, it, it was kind of funny because I started to get like a little stress around it. I was like, oh, you got to find, if, you, if you're going to succeed, you have to find a mentor, find a mentor, find a mentor. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people have this idea when they hear that it's like, you want this Mr. Miyagi type of relationship where you, you know, find this person that helps, un, you know, unpack the, the problems and, and solutions to everything in life. I, I, as I, as I kind of look back, I don't think there's, any one mentor necessarily that's going to be right for you for your whole life. And I, I think that, you know, we need to probably de-stress that a bit. Uh, yeah. um, I think that I have a lot of great teachers that help me out along the way at various points. Um, some, you know, the, the relationship evolved and, and, you know, we're great friends, but there, there's not necessarily more that I can learn there. And, 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 uh, you know, I maybe we, we kind of move on from a mentor type of, of relationship, but, but I learned from so many people from, you know, great teachers that I look back on through, you know, elementary school, high school, my parents. I'm, I'm so blessed for all these great people that have come into my life, friends of my family, um, other people in business. I, I think I, I kind of uh, maybe was more like a hummingbird where I learned a little bit from a lot of people um, yeah. and, and try not to, you know, I, I think as CEOs, we need to kind of like be able to synthesize well. We take, you know, from if you're a product owner in a company, you take a, a little bit of product insight from this person and this person and this person and this person. Mm. You can't take them every opinion as gospel because if you do that, you you are schizophrenic. You're all over the place. But what you have to do is take this these like inputs and and create what you think is your truth and 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 put that out. And you need to lead with that truth. And and um it won't be necessarily the right thing for any one person. It's, it's listening to a lot of different people, getting inputs and then, and then synthesizing out the truth that you think is, is, is relevant and, and consistent amongst that. Um, and so I think that that applies to mentors as well. It's just kind of like mm. understanding where, um, where you can get the, the, you know, the kind of right inputs at the right time and, and, uh, help, uh, you know, guide your business. Yeah, it takes a it takes a village to mentor an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, you um, uh, you love to give back through uh, through your organizations, and one of the questions that uh, that I find uh, startup entrepreneurs are often faced with at that startup stage, you know, should I feel obligated to make as part of my plan, part of my focus for my business to 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 give back right away? You know, is is it is it the right thing to do? Uh, how would you respond to a question? like that from somebody uh yeah i think i think that um it's it's great that people are thinking about that i think a lot of uh millennials specifically are you know incented and motivated in, in terms of thinking about how they can give back. And I, I think that this is a fantastic trend that is happening more and more. Um, I think it, it depends if you're, uh, you're real time or a compounder. Um, and, and so you, what I mean by that is, uh, as you're walking down the street, do you want to give somebody a bit of money, which is kind of being instantaneous in real time? Uh, mm -hmm. Or do you want to take that money and say, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this in my pocket. I'm going to build my business. I'm going to get my business to a huge scale and then I'm, and then I'm going to think about how I can give back and maybe, uh, you know, a more structured way at that point. That's kind of a more of a compounder approach. Um, I, I've been more of a compounder, honestly, and and you know I, I am doing my initiative with TMBT. I think that I can I can you know in a lean way help help um, 
put together a, you know a, an organization that can help accelerate entrepreneurs but i'm also compounding i'm i'm thinking about you know i i look at what warren buffett and bill gates have done they they were compounders they they continued to grow and grow and grow and grow their business to huge scales and then now they're thinking about in the later stage of their life how they're deploying it back out. And I think that that is a really good strategy. I think that I'm I'm hopefully able to continue to compound the wealth and opportunity within my company. And um, if I'm able to do that, you know, at a later stage, I'll be able to to really uh, look at at how I can. Um, how I can deploy that 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 uh, in, that wealth in in a in a smart way and and deploy those you know dollars into into solving problems that I see in the world. Yeah, I think that's a great lesson for people who play in my my focus on uh, on the in the retail industry yeah. is that you get bombarded with people all the time. Can you give to this? Can you give to this? And of course, you feel there's an obligation to do it. Yeah. But if it keeps taking you away from building the foundation of your business, you're not going to have anything left to give them anyway. Yeah. So I I, I love that I love that a, a person of your quality and your elk has given them basically permission today to say no to people while they're building their business. So I like that's very cool. So Ryan, uh, look, you uh, obviously have tons and tons of, of CEOs and top organizations and public figures and so on using Hootsuite. But uh, give us a little inside focus or look on on your life. What what cool apps do you use as the CEO of uh, Hootsuite? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> of, of course I use Hootsuite. Obviously, of course, of um, course. And, and you know, I've got, a, I've got a number of different apps that you know I, I like using. I've been playing around a lot. You know, I I, I always work on on social networks and, and spend time there. So, you know, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, you know, I need to, I need to play with all these and be, uh, you know, kind of on the forefront of those. Um, you know, we, we recently went on a staff retreat and, and, uh, we played with an app called uh, fire chat, which is a, is an offline Bluetooth app, uh, that lets people connect. If you're at a, cool. a concert and offline, it lets you, uh, you know, stay connected with people that are in your proximity, which is really neat. Uh, I don't know, fun little app uh, I've been playing with recently. It's called French Girl. Uh, it, it lets uh, you put up an, <laughs> an image and people draw it for a bounty, uh, which yeah. is, is kind of fun. Um, yeah. I'm playing a lot with home automation right now, drones, all fun. Um, and, and uh, you know, from a you know, social perspective, uh, I'm playing with uh, uh, Periscope and a few other, you know, social media kind of applications as well. So I'm, I'm cool. all, all over the place. I, I just yeah. always am, am jumping in various apps and playing with them. Yeah, you want to play. Well, look, I need you to know, for the record, my uh, my, my franchise group, we use, my social media team uses Hootsuite, and we absolutely love it. So uh, uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for that opportunity to help us with our business. Oh, I'm very happy to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Look, uh, um, as entrepreneurs, you know, we, we have great passion for Canadian entrepreneurs, our country, and, uh, and where it's going, and, of course, the whole landscape of entrepreneurship. Uh, what do you think needs to be done to take Canadian entrepreneurship to the next level? Well, you know, I think it uh, it comes down to you know a, a few areas always. I, I kind of I kind of spoke to them earlier. Um, it, it really is is talent and capital. It's you know I try to try to simplify it to that. Uh, if there's if there's great talent and uh, and there's dollars to you know people people need dollars to build. 
Uh, right. you, you, you gotta at least have money for ramen to, to be able to build out your, your project. And, and, um, you know, there's a lot of romanticization around, you know, sleeping in your dorm room floor and, and, you know, <laughs> eating, eating, uh, craft dinner and, and building out your dream. Um, but, but I, I think we, we, need to get beyond that. Like we need to like, you know, provide opportunity for entrepreneurs. And, and for a long time in Canada, there wasn't access to capital. You can't build team if you don't have capital and, and we need to, you know, have that capital. I think that is getting in a better place now more than ever. We're seeing angel networks uh, sprout up all over the place. Uh, we're seeing um, groups like Omers and others. Uh, you know, Omers did a fantastic job at getting in all of the hottest companies in Canada. There was a, a general of companies and they were able to get a good position in all of them. They are going to get so well rewarded for that in, in terms of all the companies that they've invested in. And so I'm, I'm so happy for, for Omers for, for taking a bet on, on companies. And so John Ruflo and the team there are investors in our company and a number of others, and they, they are going to get so well rewarded for that. And that, that, you know, them getting so well rewarded for that is what, you know, they deserve for taking the risk, but it also gets other people saying, oh man, I wish I had done that and I need to get right. in there. So they're going to get competition, which is a good thing. Um, mm. and, and I'm seeing other funds starting to pop up and starting to invest and, and they need to do that. Um, mm. so, so that's good. So the capital side, I'm optimistic is in a good spot. Uh, talent, as I mentioned, is, is going to be the next challenge. We need to be telling a story of Hootsuite and other companies that there are great jobs and opportunities for people, not just in engineering and engineering is one that people, a lot of people focus on, but in marketing and in sales and technology in Canada, um, in BC specifically, uh, you know, we, we've been seen historically as a resource economy, you know, lumber and mining. Technology is bigger in BC on a, on a GDP basis than, than mining and uh, forestry combined. And, mm, and not wow. a lot of people know that. And, no, and if no. you think about the trend, where is this going? Nobody's putting more gold back in the ground. And, and, but, but technology is an, is an open book. It, it's, it's, it comes down to the creative uh, talents of people. It comes down to the, you know, the scientific talents of people. Uh, there is an endless opportunity in technology, whereas, you know, resource economy will, will ultimately head down more and more. And so, so, you know, we need to be telling the story. We need to be, you know, graduating more grads to go and work in this industry because it is a, a, a huge industry that, that pays people more, uh, than, than other industries and, and, um, provide so much opportunities to them. So, so, you know, with what you're doing with, um, you know, the, the, uh, education programs that are out there that gets more and more people interested and looking at this industry. And I think we, uh, you need to be telling educators to, to get the crop of people ready to like tell people that this is where they should be going, where they should be, you know, studying. And, and, um, so that when, when these businesses need, uh, these employees that they're there for them, you know, otherwise we need to import and we need to import from other countries to, to help fill this need and this demand. And so I think, uh, you know, government and education both need to, to be thinking about this, um, because if we can build, you know, 10 or a hundred hoot suites over the next, um, you know, ten years. Uh, the implications to our economy are huge. It is it is a multiplier effect. Um, that's what we're trying to do with TMBT is to get more smart entrepreneurs, more accelerated, get them building big businesses, get those big businesses putting back into the economy and and providing opportunity for people. I think that's where we, um, as a country, can can uh, you know have a huge win in the future, and we can be an economic superpower uh, by being a leader in technology. Yeah, brilliant. 
Brilliant. Well, I think wrapped around that is the essence of the word story that you told there. And uh, if we become great storytellers of the journeys and the successes that are being created, then we will naturally attract people to the story. So a brilliant answer. Thank you so much. Well, Ryan, we're, uh, we get one more question, then we're going to let you back to world domination. Um, (laughs) What's, and I know you've got this question many, many, many times. So it's probably, uh, it's already already in the can for you, but what are some uh, some some uh, one lasting final observation that you would tell your great great grandson um, that uh, about how to be successful as an entrepreneur? Just one nugget. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the the simplest thing you know as an entrepreneur is just hustle, just getting out and getting into the game. You know Wayne Gretzky summed it up with. Uh, uh, you you uh, miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and mm. and you you have to just get out there, take risks, and hustle, 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 hustle every day. You got to be working hard. If you're not working hard, your competitors are working hard, and they're gonna you know take your lunch. And and so you got to be just hustling. You got to be working hard, and you are the biggest cheerleader in your company. You got to be getting people motivated, inspired, um, and and you got to be just round robin working hard. And I think that that hard work ethic. Uh, is the thing that really separates people and, and, uh, you know, is something that I see commonly amongst, uh, you know, people that, that I talk to that are are super successful in their day-to-day lives is just that ability to get out of bed, work hard, get over, you know, adversity and obstacle and, and push on. Cool stuff. Thank you very much. Wow. (laughs) My pleasure, Rivers. Really good talking today and, and, uh, and, and, uh, hope it was helpful to some of the folks out there listening. I'm sure it was. That was Ryan Holmes, founder of the popular social media management site Hootsuite. I'm Rivers Corbett, and you are listening to Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. Startup Canada is your doorway into Canada's entrepreneurship community. Are you looking to get back and get involved in Canadian entrepreneurship movement? Well, Startup Canada is a grassroots network of entrepreneurs working together to build a networking culture for entrepreneurial growth and success. And to get involved as a volunteer or member, you can visit www.startupcan.ca. And if you want to hang out with me, you can find me at www.riverscorbett.ca. I'm one of the gazillions across this country that just wants to help, that wants to contribute to the movement that we talked about today. Until next time, I'm Rivers Corbett, and have an enterprising week.